G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. Dr. Michael Youssef. There can be no denying that we are to be good stewards of our bodies. As long as we, the believers, live on this earth, the Holy Spirit indwells us. And that is why Paul calls the believers' bodies temples. But does that stewardship of our bodies mean that we can prolong our life? Matthew 6, 27. Jesus said, Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? In other words, eating healthy, pumping iron, taking vitamins, they are all good for you. They will make you a good steward of the body God gave you. But none of that will make your life a minute longer than the day and the moment appointed. Throughout 2020, we've heard constantly changing information regarding life, illness, or increasing or decreasing your risk of death. Data from medical authorities led many to believe that if you're a certain age, weight, or fitness level, you're almost immune from certain medical conditions. Or at least that's what people hear. But in reality, the Bible clearly says that there's an appointed time for death, and then judgment. Today, Dr. Yusuf looks at fascinating words in the Bible, pointedly answering the age-old question, can you prolong your life? Let's listen. We have been sold a bill of goods by so-called health experts who come on television and tell you that if you diet and exercise, you prolong your life. (laughs) God bless them. It's just contrary to the Word of God. Now, I exercise for at least four times a week. Uh, Don't eat fried food. I don't eat fatty food. Don't eat processed food. I take supplements. I do all of these things. And I praise God that I have more energy today than 20 years ago. But I cannot prolong my life. Otherwise, I'm contradicting the words of Jesus because I want Him to answer that question, not me. And uh, just I was thinking about this in this particular passage from Matthew, and uh, which I'll expand in a minute. Last week, I got an email from my friend that really was uh, just kind of brightened my day, and I want to share it with you. And it's entitled, I Love This Doctor. Here's the interview conducted with this doctor. Question. Doctor, I've heard that cardiovascular exercise can prolong life. Is it true? Answer. Heart only go for so many beats, and that's it. (laughs) Everything wears out eventually. Speed up heart, not make live longer. That like say, you can extend life of a car by driving faster. (laughs) Want to live long? Take a nap. (laughs) Question. 
Should I cut down on meat and eat more fruit and vegetables? Answer. You must grasp logistical efficiency. What does cow eat? (laughs) Hay and corn. What are these? Vegetables. So steak, nothing more than efficient mechanism of delivering vegetable to system. (laughs) Need grain? Eat chicken. (laughs) Beef also source of field grass, green leafy vegetables. (laughs) And a pork chop can give 100% recommended daily allowance of vegetable and products. Question. Aren't fried foods bad for you? You're not listening. (laughs) Food fried in vegetable oil. (laughs) How getting more vegetable be bad for you? (laughs) Question. Is chocolate bad for you? You crazy? (laughs) Hello? Coca beans? Vegetables? Coca beans, best feel good food around. (laughs) Question. Is swimming good for my figure? If swimming good for figure, explain whales to me. (laughs) Well, let me get to the conclusion. This thing goes on for a bit. I don't want to. Let me get to the bottom line here. As he always said, finally. Japanese eat very little fat, and they suffer fewer heart attacks than Americans. Mexicans eat a whole lot of fat and suffer fewer heart attacks than Americans. Chinese drink very little red wine and suffer fewer heart attacks than Americans. The Italians drink a whole lot of red wine and suffer fewer heart attacks than Americans. (laughs) The Germans drink a whole lot of beer and lots of sausage and fats and suffer fewer heart attacks than Americans. Conclusion, eat and drink what you like, for apparently it is speaking English that kills you. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't see that one coming either. (laughs) In all seriousness, though, in all seriousness, there can be no denying that we are to be good stewards of our bodies, as long as we, the believers, live on this earth, the Holy Spirit indwells us. And that is why Paul calls the believers' bodies temples, because a temple is where the Holy Spirit dwells. And where the Holy Spirit dwells, abuse and carelessness of the body should not be even contemplated. But does that stewardship of our bodies mean that we can prolong our life? The answer is found in the words of Jesus, if you have not turned to Matthew 6 already. Verse 27, Matthew 6, 27, Jesus said, Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? In other words, eating healthy, pumping iron, taking vitamins, They are all good for you. They will improve the quality of your life. They will make you a good steward of the body God gave you. 
They will improve your productivity. They will improve the clarity of your thinking. But none of that will force God's hand to extend your lifespan. And none of that will affect the length of your days here on earth. None of that will make your life a minute longer than the day and the moment appointed. So all of the worrying in the world will not change your date of departure. Why? Because in the archives of heaven, before the earth was ever founded, there is a document there with the date of your birth and the date of your departure written in it. (laughs) And no one and no thing can change that. But please don't misunderstand me. I know some of you will, but I don't want you to. (laughs) Jesus is not teaching us fatalism. Jesus is teaching us to live this life in fully joy, in full peace, and in full contentment. All of the days of our life, as long as we are living, He wants us to live that life to the full extent that we experience abundant life in Christ. Listen to the words of Jesus again. Who of you, by being anxious, could add a single hour to your life? And here's the anticipated answer. No one. Worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it takes you nowhere. You're going nowhere. In fact, the few verses before verse 27, you will see Jesus talks about the very source of worry and anxiety. It's no use him telling us not to worry without pointing to us the very source that causes worry. Verse 19, do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Verse 20, but store up for yourselves treasures where? In heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break and steal. Verse 21, for where your treasure is, there is your heart also. You want to know where your heart is? Find out where your treasure is. If your treasure is a dollar or a million, doesn't matter. Wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And Jesus is saying that the very source of worry and anxiety in life is the desire for accumulation of material possessions, of worldly possessions. The source of worry and anxiety is the drive for more and more and more. And Jesus is saying that if you make accumulation here on earth to be your driving force, then be prepared. Be prepared. Because the God of money is a ruthless God. That God is going to give you stomach ulcers. That God is going to enslave you. More and more. That God is going to control you because He's a controlling God. He's a possessive God. That God is an all cruel, cruel master. And the answer to being set free from the enslavement of, of, of money is to ruthlessly give away of yourself, give away your resources, give your life to the service of the living God. And that is why he said, when you seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, all these things, the Lord knows you need them, He's going to provide them. Now, please, again, don't misunderstand me. When you get to this subject, misunderstanding always happens. But here's what I want to tell you. There is nothing wrong with money. There is nothing wrong with wealth. I know people in this church 
whose goal in life is to make as much money as they could so they can give it to the work of the kingdom of God. And so the question is not whether you possess some possessions. The question is, do your possessions possess you? And that is why Jesus is saying here, He's saying the antidote to worry and anxiety is the use of your resources, the use of your possessions to serve the Lord. The antidote to worry-free life is a dedication of your resources for the work of God. Look at verse 24. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other. You cannot serve both God and money. What is Jesus saying? Listen carefully, please. He is saying that if you are a slave to accumulation, then that slavery is not a part-time hobby. That is an all-consuming slavery. You say, why? Because slaves live at their master's beck and call. Slaves serve at the master's will and whim. Slaves are fully owned and controlled by their masters. And Jesus said, you cannot be a slave to two masters. One of the two will dominate your life. The question is, who dominates your life? Who dominates your life? If it is accumulation and earthly security, material security, and the accumulation of it mastering you, then be prepared for all sorts of pain that comes from anxiety and comes from worry and it comes from fear. If your treasure is on this earth alone and very precious little going on to heaven where you'll be spending your eternity, then you can be assured of a life that is restless and discontented. Jesus said that those two masters are diametrically opposed to each other. They cannot coexist. One is going to help you walk by faith. The other is going to make you live in fear. One will supply you with peace and joy in the midst of tough times. The other will make your life miserable even in the middle of prosperity. One will tell you to send it on ahead for your eternity, for your eternal home. And uh, the other would say, hoard it and worry about it. And so the question is, who is your master? Who is your master? It's the most important question you can ask yourself next to salvation. Who's my master? Why? Because the answer to this question will determine whether you will live in peace and joy and real prosperity, or whether you're going to live in worry, anxiety, and fear for the rest of your life. Verse 25 of Matthew 6, Jesus said, Therefore I tell you, do not worry. It's so important. He said, therefore. Therefore. By the way, here's breaking news for some of you, okay? (laughs) When it comes to worry and anxiety, it makes no difference whether you're rich or poor. Did you get that? It makes no difference. It is who your master is that will make a difference in your life. I have known people in ministry, in ministry, who are lovers of money. And I have known wealthy people who are not slaves to money. In fact, they use money as their slave, not the other way around. So it has nothing to do with wealth or poverty. 
it has nothing to do with what you have. It has everything to do with who has you. It has nothing to do of how much you have, but it has everything to do with whom you acknowledge as the source of your all. When you know and practice that everything you have is given to you, when you practice that in life, you will use it for His glory, and you will have peace in the process. Why? Because the one who gave you whatever you have right now is capable of supplying you of a whole lot more. In fact, He desires to do that for His children. If, and here's the qualification now, because everybody said, oh, I like that part, <laughs> but there's going to come a qualification for this. Our Lord is so generous, and He loves to give His children a whole lot more than they have if they are being conduits, not a reservoir. If they are being a channel and not a puddle. Only then will the Lord delight in pouring on and pouring on so that you pass it out. Now here in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said three times, do not be anxious. Do not be anxious. Do not be anxious. 25, 31, 34. Now, that's not my measurement. That's the verses in the Bible. Verse 25, verse 31, verse 34. And then he gives four reasons. You have to dig deeper to get them. You get four reasons why we should not worry if we belong to Christ and using all the blessings he gives us for his glory, not ours. He gives us four reasons. Somebody asked me the question, does it mean that we must never even experience some anxious moments? No, 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 no. That's not what he's talking about here. Okay, let me clarify this before I tell you about the four things, okay? He is talking about a life of worry, a lifestyle of worry. He is talking about the habit of worrying about everything. We all go through some anxious moments. That's not what he's talking about. And that is why the ones who are really walking with the Lord, loving the Lord, dedicating themselves and resources to the Lord, the anxiety doesn't last for very long. It comes knocking and you send Jesus to answer the door. Here are the four reasons. Jesus said, do not be anxious. Number one, and you found that in verse 25. He says, because worry is the distrusting of God's intentions toward you. Secondly, in verses 26 to 30, he is saying, don't worry, because worry is the distrusting in the sovereignty of God. And then the thirdly, he says, verse 31 to 33, do not worry, because worrying is the distrusting of the character of God. And then fourthly, he said, verse 34, he said, do not worry, because worry is discontentment with the promises of God. Peter Marshall used to say, Lord, save us from the sin of worrying, lest ulcers be the badge of our lack of faith. I love that. You know, I, I know we all have anxious moments. I already told you that, and that's not what the Lord is talking about. Because I know just as the wind blows unless you stop it, just as the water flows unless you impede it, just as the light glows unless you buffet it, you and I are going to worry and we'll be anxious. And that is why 
we must deal with it. No, 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 no. I did not say tranquilize it. I did not say try to deaden its effect. I did not say try to escape from it. No, no. By dealing with it, meaning surrender it, and obey the conditions for receiving, for being delivered from it in the Word of God. I believe from the Word of God. It's not just my idea or my feeling or my thinking. It's the Word of God. I believe the Word of God tells us that God wants to give His children the power to defeat anxiety. I think the Word of God from cover to cover tells us that God wants to give His children the strength to overcome anxiety if they obey the principles and the conditions for that liberty. The source of worry, in addition to what I told you, is the focus on how dangerous this world is. And it is. (laughs) But it's the focus on it. But the source of contentment is to ask, Lord, how can I serve your purpose in my life? The source of worry is the focus on how can I get what I want out of life? But the source of contentment is how can I use the resources, whether they're meager or great, it doesn't make any difference. The little boy's lunch fed a whole lot of people when they got to the hand of Jesus. doesn't matter whether they're many or small or a dollar or a million. makes no difference to God. He can use it to His glory. That will bring contentment of how can I dedicate me and my resources to the service of God. Because ultimately, you're going to leave it behind anyway. We all will. And we have no guarantees of what the next generation will do with it. Solomon learned that lesson. And so the question is this. What are you sending ahead? What are you sending ahead? Thanks for listening to Leading the Way. I hope you'll take a moment to answer Dr. Yusuf's question today. What are you sending ahead? Do you want to grow deeper in your faith? Do you want to know how to answer the difficult questions? Do you want to make a real impact with your life today? Then check out ltw.org, Leading the Way's online resource center. You can access video and audio teaching series by Dr. Michael Yusuf. Search online and printed resource materials. Experience inspirational testimonies of changed lives. Go behind the scenes for insight into global evangelism and so much more. Check out ltw.org today and arm yourself for spiritual warfare. More than ever, we need to be prepared to give the reason for the hope that we have. Begin the journey today at ltw.org. ltw.org. By the way, if you found yourself unable to attend in person at your home church, consider joining Dr. Yusuf for Leading the Way Live at Apostles on most Sunday mornings at 10.30 Eastern Time. Start by going to ltw.org and you'll find a link to join Dr. Yusuf and the congregation of his church, the Church of the Apostles in Atlanta, as they gather together in worship. In fact, you may not realize it, but Christian musician Mac Powell of Third Day is the artist in residence at the church and often leads the powerful worship time. So join Dr. Yusuf as he passionately proclaims uncompromising truth on Leading the Way Live at Apostles. The website again is ltw.org. 
This program is furnished by Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.